Welcome to The Other Side of Sex, where we discuss how to have sex with no drama, hosted by your friends, Steve and Kama. This podcast is focused on talking about how great sex can be when you learn how to properly communicate your wants, needs, and desires with not only your partners, but yourself. On this show, we want to help our listeners live their happiest lives, so our self-proclaimed sexpert, Miss Kama, will also be answering some of your questions about sex, life, and relationships. She will also be having even more fun educating you about kinks and fetishes. Ultimately, she will be offering advice centered around how you can find your true self and start having better, more fulfilling sex. Enjoy yourself and welcome to The Other Side of Sex. Before we jump into the show, we need to share a note about our content. The Other Side of Sex is created for adult audiences only, and listener discretion is advised. We sometimes may cover themes that can be triggering to some listeners. Our show includes frank discussions involving sexuality, kinks, fetishes, and includes some downright dirty language. It may also include conversations revolving around mental illness, existential struggles, or even real stories involving physical and emotional abuse. Please check the written description if this is a concern for you, but know our intentions are to help as many people as we can. On the show, we offer advice, but we are not trained professionals. We are simply sharing the opinions of two people who are trying to help others understand themselves better and improve their existing or future relationships. On this first episode, we plan on kicking off the show with a discussion explaining the differences between kinks and fetishes. We'll also do a deep dive on one of the more common emerging trends amongst both traditional couples and kinksters alike, panty boys, and talk about why it's becoming more and more appealing amongst the general population. Kama will then get into some Q&As to round out the show. Hope you enjoy the launch of our new podcast. Okay, Kama, so let me start with a simple question. Kinks, fetishes, what do they mean? I'm assuming it's more than just some bondage leather and those cute little whips we all see on TV, right? (laughs) Just a little. So kinks are defined as an unconventional sexual taste or behavior. It's just a sexual preference that's a little outside of what we would quote unquote call the norm or vanilla sex. Um, typically fetishes are seen as, well, the way that I was taught them coming up was a fetish was something of a proclivity towards a inanimate object, like a shoe fetish or a corset fetish. But that's really been broadened and fleshed out to also include some things that you really, that a person, an individual would really, really need to make their sexual experience complete. That makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense because I've been taught that, or maybe I've, I've heard, I'm not so much taught, kinks are pretty wide, but a fetish gets really, really specific. Right. I, like a kink is I could love a certain type of woman. I love a certain um, attribute about a person, mm-hmm. but a fetish could be to the point where it's so specific that I need her to wear a certain perfume or yes, her nails yes. need to be a certain color so is that way off base no and it can be looked at too that all fetishes are kinks but not all kinks are fetishes and what i get at by that is a kink is something that you can kind of toss around take it or leave it it's it's something fun it can be a really special magical thing in your life but your fetish 
is something that you really need to make your sexual experience complete. And some fetishists are like I, for example, a smoking fetishist will have a specific brand and the specific way a woman holds her cigarette. It is so specific that if a if like I know one guy if she, if she dangles her cigarette out of her mouth he's completely uninterested she has to use a cigarette holder and take long pulls if she doesn't take long pulls he's no longer attracted to her that's about as specific as I can even imagine it getting yeah I know <laughs> I mean I, I couldn't imagine that <laughs> like just that certain smell of that that certain cigarette mm-hmm. brand could just set someone off but in in like for most people out there I feel like the word BDSM is interchangeable with kinks and interchangeable with fetish. Yeah, no. The definition of BDSM is actually sexual activity involving practices such as the use of physical restraints and granting and relinquishing control. BDSM is a power play. Bondage, dominance, sadomasochism. It involves an exchange of power within the sexual dynamic. That could be male dominant, female dominant, and that can change, but the circumstances around BDSM are often transient and change, and they mean different things to different people, but pretty much it means the the leather, the straps, all of that, and that is very, very different than just a kink or a fetish. It is a more specific type of kink, and... It also is very, very varied amongst the people who choose it. So the BDSM is loosely interchangeable with the word kink and that, you know, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but not necessarily a fetish unless you're the kind of person that needs that leather to be a certain kind of leather or certain certain situation, certain role play, whatever it is. BDSM would not be your fetish because it's too broad. It's like saying chocolate is my fet. No, chocolate what? Chocolate drops, chocolate ice cream, hot chocolate... Yeah, like it is. It's like oh, uh, all sorts yeah. of chocolate. You're talking to a fat guy over <laughs> that, here. I mean, oh, chocolate's good. Exactly. So it's, like, that's I'm a like, kink. That's okay, not so a fetish. BDSM yeah. as a kink is a chocolate shop. As a fetish is like, I need to eat this chocolate bonbon standing on my head, doing a handstand, and then I'm gonna have an orgasm. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a mental image that I'm sure everyone is just trying to wrap their head around right now. I feel like there's still a lot of taboo around yeah. even the word kink and the word the word fetish. So why is it common for someone to consider themselves a kinky person, but have a hard time admitting it to their partners or oh. even their friends? Well, there is an inordinate amount of stigma attached to it, and and. Unfortunately, the case is such that until even 2013, many kinks and fetishes were listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual used by the American Psychiatric Association to um, diagnose disorders. Common kinks and fetishes made it into that book, and people lost jobs and lost, like it was particularly bad, u- badly used in family court. If someone was kinky, it could be used as a reason for them to lose their children. If I'm into, say I'm mm-hmm. a crossdresser, that's full somewhere in the, the kink or fetish. You're saying up until 2013, that's not that long ago, that some, some uh, what, yes. governing organizations yes, would consider that a mental job. illness so, and use that against me? In fact, even gay, so 
very often queer rights and kinksters rights get kind of lumped in together and a lot of times at pride events you will see a kink contingent because they're very married with each other not i mean not every rainbow person is kinky and not every kinky person is rainbow but the experience the out the experience of being a sexual outlier has bound these two groups intrinsically together and gay rights has taken off whereas kink has a little 50 shades of gray helped a little but that's unfortunate because it was such a badly done representation and it is a yeah yeah it's just not it's it's yes. a bad representation for the community but i'm sure it helped in general open people's eyes to be more accepting of, you know of this behavior that's like wow i'm not alone <laughs> yes. i mean i like getting spanked i like having a little power play going on right people aren't afraid to have those conversations no, that's true it did bring some awareness to it but unfortunately with the awareness it brought more misconceptions than it did awareness and arguably it so we the kinksters in the community go back and forth on that most most kinksters like i i might lose my my dom scepter, uh, my queen scepter, um, if I said, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was helpful, uh, because in our circle, we pan it, we malign it, we F you, Fifty Shades of Grey, because you just did a lot to walk us backward. But vanilla people all of a sudden were like, ooh. So it depends on your side, the way you see it. The vanilla people had their eyes opened and the people in the community who really got it were kind of yes. taken back by how they bastardize what the real community is like. The real community is beautiful and there are as many different types of kinksters as there are colors in the rainbow and beautiful things in the universe. And to simply cast a kinkster off for being filthy or dirty or aberrant is so damaging and so wrong. It's, because really, there is so much less wrong <laughs> with the sex lives of kinksters than there actually are in vanilla bedrooms. And that is because the kink community runs on a steam engine of consent. Because we've been so maligned and because we've been so raked over the coals for our proclivities, the kink community developed this really fascinating system of consent and trust in our power play so that everything is negotiated. We never go into anything cold. So if mm -hmm. you go to, say, a, a kink party, I don't know, a lifestyle party, I don't know what you call it because it's all new to me, but you go there and you're making sure that everyone's safe, everyone is comfortable with the situation. There's no real force, even though there's a power play going on. Not only is there not force, but everything is negotiated in the scene in advance. So we call those things, those events, we call them play parties. And play parties are generally sponsored by a local student. Um, there's one here in the town that I live in. They have a lunch, they have dinner. They have a public dinner every Thursday where you're welcome to come and meet in public. And you have to be vetted. You have to, um, they don't like check everything into you because discretion is part of it, but they get to meet you and they get to know what you're about before you're even allowed into a play party. So no rando is just going to walk in the door. You're going to be vetted. You're going to have your ID looked at, and they're going to make sure that you're generally not a shitbird. 
And then beyond that, if you get that just to get in the door, you get in yes. the door yes. and, you know, they're welcoming to people. They understand why people are there. Maybe there's certain levels of it, right? I'm, I'm new to this. I just want to see what it's about. They're not going to pressure me into anything I'm not into. Whereas like yeah. in Fifty Shades, it, it almost seems like that the, the man in that story snapped his fingers and no matter what, it's a beckon, right? And that's not what the community really no. is. I understand what you really say that it hurt more than what it was because this misconception of absolute power, absolute domination is very damaging to what the community actually represents. Yes, because like when I am setting up a scene with a submissive, I ask, what do you want expressly in this scene? And I say, where are your boundaries and where are your nose? Where can I touch? Where may I not touch? And My safe word's banana, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> banana. We'll just throw that out of the way. Banana. Yeah, because it just throws everyone off. Banana. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I'm now. You just say banana, and now I'm already thrown off. Banana. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> or that could just be the ADD firing. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So in the scene, that's it, everything's negotiated. If you wanted to set up a scene with me, you're going to tell me expressly what you want. You're going to tell me expressly where you want it. And you're going to give me a list of things that you want to try. And you're going to let me, as the dom, work in this experience for you at my discretion. You will, But I will never go beyond your boundaries. And I will never do anything that you expressly did not say I can do. I... And the important thing that we always say in scenes, or I say in a scene, is I never move the needle. Whatever we decide, whatever the stopping point that we decide on before we go into this scene is the stopping point that we stay with. We don't renegotiate during the scene ever. You always make the time to go through the entire scene, finish it, and renegotiate for next time. You don't change anything in the moment. Never. And that's like unheard of, even in vanilla sex, because you would go into a you would go into a sex into into a sex into sex, and you don't say, okay, I want fifteen minutes of a blowjob, and I want so then I'm going to turn you over and do fifteen minutes of oral sex, and then we're going to do missionary for five, and then we're going to do cowgirl for five, and then we're going to climax, and I'm going to finish all over your chest. That is literally how specific it is in kink. Every I gotta, minute of I gotta it is laid out. save that same list for the next vacation I take with my wife. I mean, that just <laughs> saves so much time. It's so much more efficient. You mean what but, I had written into my marriage vows? No. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so it's it's a real contract between you two. I got yeah. you. So, okay, we're going to do year one. This is what we're doing. Year two. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, right. On our, on our fifth, ad- the fifth anniversary is pegging. Yeah. <laughs> the seventh anniversary is glass dildo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so wow. if it's so regulated in the community and, you know, I'm sure everyone in that place in that club i'm sure is very supportive of the rules and they're kind of understood by everybody otherwise mm-hmm. like you said you have they're that posted asshole on screen. the wall they're yeah hard make to sure miss. <laughs> they'll, they'll kick they'll kick your butt right out of there right oh yeah which oh, yeah. maybe it's a kink and we shouldn't go into that but <laughs> so no if it's easy if it's easier to, to write this scene out and go through it with essentially strangers at some point mm-hmm. there i'm sure there's strangers something new mm-hmm. um why is it so hard for people to talk about it in their own bedroom? Is there a shame associated with it? People haven't even gotten to a point where they're convincingly communicating their vanilla desires yet. The conversation around sex in this country is 
it really needs to change. So what's really fascinating is that our country's at a point in time, our society's at a point in time, I won't just limit it to America, where there is something of a sexual renaissance happening. And that's happening right alongside as gay rights came up. And, you know, in in the Obama years, everything kind of smoothed out and calmed down for a little while. And people were a little able to kind of relax a bit and... I, I'm Gen X. To, in my generation, a blowjob was like, whoa, you know, but now I hear Gen Z people talking about pegging, about um, other stuff, like penny play and everything else and pony play. And I'm like, how in the hell did they know about this stuff? So there is a burgeoning wave of it, but the, we're, we're still not having these conversations all the time. It still hasn't reached the masses. Like average Joe Schmo still has a hard time telling his wife he would like five minutes of oral sex. We still have a difficulty speaking our needs. And when not even 10 years ago, our needs were considered mental illnesses. That's not a long time in history to get over that. It's really not. There's so much shame baked into it and it's useless. It's as useless as the shame that's baked into so many men with performance anxiety, It's it, which is so prevalent too. So many useless negative emotions around sex in general that it's only going to be amplified when you talk about it in regards to a paraphilia. Really to, to sum that up, it, it's been taught to us and the uh, mainly men, like you were alluding <laughs> to, that this isn't something you talk about. No, This isn't no, no. something you, you care about. You just get in and out, do your business, go to your job, go to work, mm-hmm. come home. Maybe you fool around for a little bit, raise your kids. Like that's the conditioning that we're, we're going, th- traditionally men mm-hmm. were going through. Right. But now with this revolution of more, I don't know, maybe it's the internet, maybe it's just general awareness, maybe it's just people finding time to to relive all these things that they were like, I see this done maybe on porn you know, why, why, why should I hold back? Like, what, what's the point? It's, right. I think it's just a generational difference in what's yes. going on. Yes. Yeah. Gener- the generational, the, the, the changing of the guard is, is extreme. It's the, the, you know, I try to talk about millennials too, but and then again, I just want to like leave millennials out of the conversation entirely because millennials have been so shat upon by Jen's uh, by the boomers that I feel like by everybody. yeah but by millennials everybody. just need a blankie and a cocoa and a nap and then I want to like book millennials. oh that sounds great right? that sounds great yeah. <laughs> whereas Gen Z is like bursting with all this great enthusiasm and TikTok and kink talk trends and it's like wow the kids know so much more than I knew at that age like there are teenagers who know stuff that I didn't learn into my 30s. And it's kind of mind-boggling. It's kind of cool. But I also just get worried because I want them to make sure that they're doing things safely too. Because safety and consent and trust is the bedrock of the kink community. We don't operate without that. And I think if that was known to everyone, then it, then we would go a long way towards our advocacy. But... Like I said before, there is so much more control and so much more understanding. And there's something that kinksters do after a scene I should talk about called aftercare. We check in with the emotional state of our partners five minutes after, 30 minutes after, day after, 
week after. We are constantly in communication. I mean, the, the dynamic dynamic varies between dom and sub and kinkster and kinkster. But aftercare, we bake that into our sexual experience. In fact, I had a submissive. I, he, he made me smile so big. I had a wonderful session with him this week. And he emailed me the next day saying, how are you doing, ma'am? Aftercare is for everyone. He was checking in on my emotional state. How did I feel after taking control of his orgasm the night before? He said, I'm feeling floaty. I'm feeling great. How are you? How beautiful is that? Who does that after sex? Do you text, like how many guys after a Tinder date text and say, can I check in on your emotional state after our fuck at the in the bar <laughs> bathroom last night? Doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to say, how, how was it? Was it good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah good okay. For you. Uh, this is yeah. pretty, pretty good. All right. All right. All right. What do you want to do for breakfast? All right. Let's just go to bed. <laughs> I mean, there's no check. It's, uh, I, I guess maybe it's just the way we, um, I'm going to say we, as in the older generations were raised, mm-hmm. the 35 plus year olds. It was obvious, right? I finished. She didn't. Why? Mm-hmm. Why am I going to ask about it? Or mm-hmm. she? She? Uh, something happened. So mm-hmm. everyone, maybe mm-hmm. there's an awkward tension in the air that we just don't want to get over it. Maybe the younger generations just are okay with communication and getting over awkwardness. That is part of it too. And also, the younger generations have not been shamed about masturbating the way that our generations were. And the reason, ex- let me extrapolate that. And this is something that I say often. When you don't know yourself, when you're uncomfortable with touching yourself and you try to go into bed with some, get in bed with somebody else, you're bringing to the table shame and confusion and I don't want to touch myself. I don't know how to, I don't know how to touch myself. And when two people do that, when two people who don't know their own bodies and their own pleasures enter into a bedroom together, all that can, all that can arise is confusion and trying to figure it out. Do you like this? I don't know. Do you like that? Does it feel good? Does it hurt? But when... Two people who know their bodies, are intimately acquainted with their bodies, and have, you know, a language for how they like to touch themselves and be touched, then when those two people come into the bedroom, that's not confusion. That's agency. That's sexual agency. I have my likes. Share with me yours. And this is how kinksters approach sex. I have this. You know, we lay them out like cards. I have all these cards in my deck. Can I see your cards? And then we shuffle the cards and we play a hand. But everybody's cards are seen and everybody's cards are agreed upon. And that is about the most beautiful way I think you can approach sex with agency, clarity, and communication. Oh, that's actually a really good idea for anyone listening out there. Imagine a world where you go and meet a partner. Maybe it's You've been dating Mm -hmm. three months. Maybe you just met for the Mm -hmm. first time. And in your pocket, you have your little, this is what I like, hand it to her. Yeah. She'll hand you what I Mm -hmm. like. And then you go like, oh, wow, let's try uh, three and four on the list. It's like a Chinese menu. But in some way, that helps alleviate all this confusion. Like you said, how can you really know what you like if you don't even know what you like? Yeah. So how are you going to express what you what you want, what you desire out of this encounter if you don't even know what makes your... You, uh, you don't even know. What makes yeah, you tick, it, like, right. It's, yeah. it's as simple as knowing yourself. And because masturbation comes along with it, this huge overarching shame that uh, it's going to extend into, the, into partnered sex. If you can't touch yourself with 
free freedom and joy. How are you going to let somebody else touch you with freedom and joy? How can you communicate that? It's almost impossible. And then to me, when you think of it that way, it almost boggles my mind, (laughs) like how people even get around vanilla sex. And you know what? They don't always have the greatest sex. And that's the truth. It could be a lot better. And and they're afraid to even ask the question, how can I, yeah. how can this be better? Yeah. They can't ask themselves that. They can't ask their partner that for whatever reason. Maybe there's too much pressure at work, too much. Right. Like you said, societal pressure is a big problem. And the only way to alleviate that is communication. Exactly. Take a, take a cue from the younger generations. Yes. They're not ashamed no. of it. I mean, we don't want to say this out loud, but they've heard you have it before. Don't let that hold you back either. Just enjoy <laughs> yeah, yourself, yeah. right? You don't have to stunt your own no. your own pleasure anymore no. for whatever else is going in your life. Make make a new priority in your life. It's okay. And that's and, and and we're still just getting around like the sexual agency of younger people, the young and attractive people. Forget about sexual agency, and oh, like me. An instant menopausal woman after a hysterectomy due to cancer. What about sex in the disabled community? Because you know what? Disabled people who are nonverbal, they also have sex rights. When In my younger days, I worked at a house for people that housed people with cerebral palsy. And goddamn right, some of them had on their charts, will need masturbation assistance. If And, what we, and we would actually have trained professionals assist in disabled sex no one's talking about these things we're talking about that's brand new to me yeah we don't talk about sex in outlying communities we don't talk about things like that we're barely talking about straight white sex let alone what's happening in other cultures and what's happening in other minorities and people of color um we're not talking we're really not talking about them we're talking about straight white people from like 18 to 35 and then that's where the conversation stops yeah in general i mean there are people out there doing the good work i'm not saying they're not but we're not Hmm. seeing it on cnn (laughs) right it's not common knowledge that i mean it makes perfect sense everyone's got needs this is a big part of everyone's life either you you might be doing doing it badly you know i mean if you're having all these problems but it's still a part of your life and everyone understands at the end of the day, you enjoy, uh, you should not feel bad about something you enjoy. No. So why would any of this surprise you? But it's dirty and it's wrong and uh, the Christian, and, you know. Right. Exactly. Uh, All that, the it. teaching of, of the shame culture. You're right? go, don't touch yourself we, or you'll go blind. Right. Ugh. Right. And now that, I mean, still 2013, whatever that, that. Yeah. Uh, came out it's still new but it's still 10 years ago so i'm sure over the last 10 years there's been a lot more blossoming out there and what i would like to see happen like my personal mission right now is i love you millennials but like i was saying gen x we i consider myself elder queer um it wasn't that many years ago when i was just a queer kid on the bus getting sandwiches thrown at her getting called lesbian like this happened in my lifetime and now it's a it's a lot better, but it's still happening all over. And my my desire is for the elder queers like me to not be gatekeepers, to be sharing our knowledge with the eighteen year olds and twenty year olds. Like I often joke around, I don't have any children, but I often say I'm raising the next generation of healthy kingsters because they need some training. Nobody taught me. I got hurt a lot. I got 
damaged a lot. I paid my price for being a dom on the streets of New York City in 1998. You know, I definitely took my life in my hands. I've been mugged. I've been robbed. You know, like, that's the same thing. But but you get my point. It was a dangerous world mm-hmm. for us. And I don't want that mm. for kinksters going forward. So taking your what you were just saying about wanting to teach, it's it's, it's important to, that's a big part of your mission. Right? Really young kinksters, 18 plus. It is a big part of my mission because I want them to be doing it safely. I want them to have agency and advocacy and pride in who they are because there's nothing wrong with them. It's different should not equal wrong. And in this country, statistically, historically, different has always meant wrong. But no. So I'm not preaching to the vanilla adults out there. I am looking at the next generation of kinksters saying, hey, you don't have to go through this alone. There are words for what you enjoy. There is a language. There is a hierarchy. There is a place for you. And when I meet young subs and young and young kinksters, um, I don't typically meet too many young dominants because they don't they don't simply come to me. But what I try to get across to them is that I have information that I want to share with you and I want to be open with you to keep you safe. I want you to not feel shame. I don't want you to, because when people are ashamed, they make bad choices for themselves. And sometimes they make dangerous choices for themselves. You know, it wasn't that, I mean, it happens all across America and all across the world where young homosexuals will jump on Tinder or Grindr and have an experience and they're not prepared for it and they get hurt. They get hurt. They get shamed and they get hurt. And I don't want them taking their chances, getting shamed and getting hurt. I want them to have a place where they can say, all right, like uh, my favorite place to send subs right now is Ask a Sub, Lena Dune on Instagram. She's doing the good work. She's out there making plans for subs she's got a patreon she's a young vibrant woman who is doing the right thing and making she's building a beautiful community for young submissives and teaching them agency and these are the people that we should be listening to and having the conversations with the ones that are standing out and being brave and bold yeah like you were saying uh the one standing out being brave and bold the word shame is a big Mm -hmm. one here and i've noticed on social media, on Kink Talk, like you alluded to, even on Reddit, there's a whole new generation of people that are just not ashamed anymore. No. For instance, one thing I keep seeing pop up is the, this new, I don't know if it's a kink or it's a fetish, it's its called Panty Boys. Some, panty Boys! All right. I love all right. Panty so Boys! I've always, I figured since I got you in my <laughs> life, I want to ask, is this a new fad? <laughs> is it something, no, is it younger no, people exclusive? No, is it older people? Everybody. No, yeah. okay, so my voice gets all soft and dreamy when we talk about the panty boys because i love them so much (sighs) okay so before you get into it i'm a little confused okay 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 it's panty boys does it fall into cross-dressing or is it its own little niche it is whatever the person in the panties wants it to be again it is as varied as the fingerprint of the individual wearing the panties but all it encompasses and every panty boy has a different you know it's different so some are hey i'm gonna occasionally wear a pair of panties and masturbate because oh it feels so good to wear these satiny silky material against my body and some of them are so intense where i can't finish unless i'm wearing 
20 denier nylons and have a plug not the plug that's not, i mean i just happen to know a lot of panty boys like plugs but not all of them do um <laughs> but <laughs> it's varied it's it's as many colors as the rainbow too it's as many shades of neurodiversity it's as many you know greens and grass it's so panty boys but what i can say is in general this is making a sweet Weeping generalization. Yeah, no, and yeah, not every yeah. single. Yeah, yeah. anyone sweeping. listening out there, just understand we're we're talking with you and about you, but this is for a lot of other people to understand. So please right. bear with these generalizations. <laughs> sweeping generalization. They're almost invariably the sweetest motherfuckers, and they just want to wear their fucking panties and be left the hell alone. Like when I go on Chatterbait and meet people, the panty boys are so sweet and they're pretty and they're kind and what are we what are we fetishizing here satiny soft material and how it feels on your body and feeling pretty feeling sexy because men's underwear is scratchy and not very fun and it wasn't until like me undies and companies like yeah yeah i could concur yeah you got tidy tidy whities or or boxers that are everything's flopping around and flipping around so there's nothing fun so it it, it's it's interesting to me that this could be something that makes you feel sexy. You know, you feel great. You give your own confidence, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever you yeah. joy you get out of it, whether it's the sensation, whether it's the mystery of no one knowing what I'm wearing. So it could be sure, make you feel sexy, but it's not necessarily always a sexual thing, right? It's not going hand in hand no. with a dom sub role play going on, no, right? No, There's no. a whole lot of layers to this. I have known guys, men that wear pantyhose and satin underwear under their jeep under their jeep wranglers their wrangler jeans under their levi's because pantyhose makes your clothes slide on really nice and it's you know when you're trying to get like i knew a ranch hand legitimately knew a ranch hand that wore pantyhose under his wranglers because when you were out working in the heat you would think that a second layer would make you more hot but when the panty when you sweat in your denim sticks to you it could be a it's real gross. pain in the ass it's gross i know yeah. i mean i don't even have to be on a on a ranch to know how <laughs> nasty that can be or the the khaki that you're wearing in the office or whatever it is yeah put on a pair of pantyhose underneath it and then okay. shits will slide right off and you're gonna feel oh look at my butt in these my butt is lifted my thighs are sculpted my junk is nice and do, tacked in i was gonna say do i need to uh to shave whether my legs or my junk for this to, to work don't right have to. I've, I, seen, I've never I've had silk on my body so i don't know Oh, that's, that's a like. shame. You should try it sometime. Get a yeah. little piece of satin. Like, the, you know who makes really beautiful porn? The Japanese. Japanese make beautiful nylon porn where, like, in American nylon porn, I, you know, I'm a nylon fetishist, so this is where I immediately go. It's not, it's, it's adjacent. Nylon fetishists like myself are panty boy adjacent, or, mm-hmm. you know, and male are panty boy adjacent. But um, we like the, what we like and we feel sexy in what we wear and it can be super super specific or it could be super super generalized i'm seeing a big smile on your face as we're talking here so as a woman what goes through your head <laughs> when you find out a man is a panty boy i mean what oh. what's the process what does that do for you and do you for is me it, yeah for me personally i think a man looks beautiful i love satin i've always loved satin i like wearing satin if I like penises, and when I see a penis in satin, it's gorgeous. It's soft. I want to rub my cheek on it. I want to put my cheek on their booty cheek. I want to make them, I want to spank that little, 
that little panty-clad butt, and I just want to wiggle it around. It's so cute. It's pretty, and it's fun. And if he's feeling, hey, I'm feeling myself and my panties, he's feeling sexy. And then we're having fun. We are enjoying it. I'm going to, like, let's let's dry hump. But it's, let, listen, if you've never been in satin panties on a satin sheets and trying to sl- be like a grease pig in bed laughing your head off just trying to make out with each other, you're missing out. It's fun. It's just silly fun. And again, but like, again, I'm making sweeping generalizations. For some people, this is a very serious thing and that's not how they make love. But this is my panty boy experience. Mm-hmm. When I'm having fun with panty boys, um, we are enjoying soft. We are enjoying silk. We are enjoying soft textures. And it's just, it's just, ugh, you know, it's, it's all good. There's nothing rough or scary. It's sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the the stigma around it. Like, I could see. I understand uh, why there would be a stigma uh, around it. But at the end of the day, what you're just describing is fun between two people who have yes. agency in what they want, what yes. they enjoy. So is that stigma more based around jealousy that these two people could just let go, enjoy themselves? When, and I can't do that with, say, my partner because of whatever per- preconceived notion. There is so much shame baked into it because it's not manly. You might be a fag. But that that man, (sighs) it's not manly, but they're probably getting laid more than you. So think of it that way too, right? Psychologically. (laughs) Like, it's funny. Recently on Chatterbait, again, the panty guys, the panty boys are very protective of themselves. Like occasionally I like on Chatterbait, it's a chat room community and people are masturbating and you can go into their room while they're pleasuring themselves and just hang out. And for me, this is great because this is me being able to see on a broad scale, how different people are touching themselves. So, and that is part is that's just part of my personal interest as it's research. It's research. Yeah. It's you research. Don't, you don't and, I, I like to, right. I like to know what the trends are in masturbating because the trends that trends erupt trends arise in masturbating and then they make it into kinks later. So I watch masturbation trends quite closely <laughs> just for the trends. <laughs> yeah, just for the but science. It's purely science. Uh, yeah. For science. It's um, for science. But I went AFK. I jo- <clears throat> excuse me. I joined a chat room and then I went AFK when I had a call. And when I came back, I was banned. And it was somebody I really liked and admired, this beautiful man in like his mid-60s. You know, he's not my type, but he wears these cute little thigh highs and satin britches. And he just wants to hang out with other guys who like to masturbate in satin britches. And he's not trying to, he doesn't even show get naked on cam. He's just hanging out, Hmm. you know, and kind of occasionally touches himself. And, but it's not disrespectful, but I, I said to a friend of mine, why did he ban me? And they're like, stupid. He's a pity boy. You can't just hang out in their room and not say anything. They're going to get rid of you because they want to make sure that they're not being recorded or maligned. Or that you judged. Need to, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You need to speak up and voice yourself. So she, actually, my friend was nice enough to like correct the imbalance and say, hey, you know, comma really cares about you she just had Mm. to take a work call you know but they're clannish panty boys are clannish but invariably you can open them back up again with a simple bit of appreciation and my appreciation and love for panty boys is genuine oh that's truly that same notion goes with anyone in any situation right Mm -hmm. it it, at the end of the day 
it doesn't matter what you're into. Everyone's into something. So why are you judging? Why right. are you willing to make fun of him when you probably do something yourself? Like there's that it, that hypocrisy just bothers mm-hmm. the heck out of me in life yeah, in general. It, yeah. But I You're really preach into the choir. Yeah, I really appreciate how in the community there's a big understanding about this. They protect one another, even if it's not my thing. Like you mentioned earlier in the show, you have the pride community and the kink community overlap because mm-hmm. they have the same problems with society. And hopefully mm-hmm. over time society will start to not care about what other people do. <laughs> Who gives a shit what underwear a man is wearing? Really? Don't we have enough to worry about than worrying about what underwear a man has and if it was made for a woman? Ah. You know, I saw a t-shirt that I really wanted to buy yesterday. It says, binaries were made to be broken. And I loved it. Because why not? Why do we (laughs) need, why does underwear have to be gender specific? Okay, I can understand if like you're trying to accommodate, you know, one type of body part over another. Like, Mm. but man, like last night I was able to go on Amazon and buy penis sheath pantyhose. God bless America. Yeah. So things are changing. I you mean, know. <laughs> even even my wife, she's, uh, you know, especially during the, the months where it's a little uh, colder, she doesn't want to be the breeze. She wears the female equivalent of um, men's boxer briefs. I know companies yes. are out there making these kind of cuts for everybody. Yes. It doesn't need to be male, female. You just Mm-mm. change the anatomy Mm-mm. out, but the rest of it still have applications for everybody. And yeah, apparently and I need to get silk in my life. So <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I want to just extend that a little bit more. Not only is it should be not like that just an inanimate object, not need a gender. But when you do that, you make things even more uncomfortable for the gender fluid people in the world. And they are coming out. And I'm so sick and tired of people saying, oh, there's still 37 new genders. Shut up and just let them be who the fuck they are. I am so tired of how many sexualities are there going to be? As many motherfucking colors as we can mix together. And we're all going to be proud of ourselves. Because there's no reason for us not to be. We're not hurting anyone. Right. We are living our healthy, hopefully authentic, and well-communicated sexual lives. I say that all the time in any place I'm at. If whatever I'm doing doesn't bother someone else, shut up the fuck up period yeah 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 and and when you take away things like boy toys or girl toys or boy panties or girl panties man i would have loved some tonka trucks when i was a kid nobody bought me tonka trucks who you know like it's so stupid there's so much joy that could be found in the world if we just stop thinking of things as masculine and feminine please like come on (laughs) <laughs> this action figure is wearing a blue suit. This one's wearing a pink suit. So, you know, you can't have that cross the line, right? Color. No, God. Right. No. Oh, yeah. don't wear a feminine color. You're yeah. gay. Yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. No. It doesn't work like that. And uh, You know, I'm glad that I'm not hearing in the media as much as I used to is, if I do this, does that mean I'm gay? Oh, boy, we dealt with that for a long time. And let me just be express in that. A man wearing panties does not make him gay. It does not have a reflection on his sexuality. He can be a gay man in panties. He can be a trans man in panties. He can be a, a straight cowboy cis-het. on the ranch. Yes, Everything. cowboy on the ranch in panties. Wear your panties with pride. They feel good. Feel good. I don't have a penis. 
But I can imagine if I had something sticking out from my body and I wrapped it in silk, it's probably going to feel better than when it's not wrapped in silk. I mean, <laughs> women wear bras, so you want the silky bra. Same idea. Well, you have something that's coming true. up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Same idea. Yeah, we, like, we, I want that nice package tucked up there. You know, I don't want it yeah. dangling around, hitting my legs while I'm trying it's to work. Nice. No. It's nice. It's very comfortable. I forgot about cheese. Yeah. When I back... Uh, for listeners, I recently had a mastectomy. Back when I had nipples, <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't like wearing lace bras because they were irritate my nipples. And I'd be like, why would anybody put something itchy and scratchy on their body? And um, men pull on those scratchy ass fruit of the looms every day. And women are sliding into... I just found a new company that I adore called Cheek Boss. Huh, these are the silkiest, greatest panties and they come in all kinds of colors. I couldn't buy enough of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like telling men and women in my life, these are great panties. These are fun panties and they are diverse and they're inclusional. And I know I'm like, sound like, I don't mean to be shamelessly plugging my underwear. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same idea though. Um, my, my wife. <laughs> She shops at Torrid, mm-hmm. you know, and they mm-hmm. have a good selection for for bigger women. And I go there. I'll, I'll shop for her. I'll shop with her. And I kind of struggle at spending thirty, forty, fifty dollars just for a pair of underwear. Like, but going yeah. back to what you were saying for men, we're just probably conditioned to get the ten dollar pack that's got a dozen of them in it from Walmart or wherever it is. Yeah, and it's gonna wear out. It's gonna, gonna wear gonna, out, yeah. and it's not gonna not gonna feel good. So I nope. understand that whole premise. No, and and actually, I just saw that I I ordered one for my husband recently. There's a new underwear company out there called Shinesty, and they're making not a sponsor under- yet. <laughs> right, I wish, I wish, but they make underwear with ball hammocks, and I bought my husband a pair. They're super cute. It looks like they're constellations, but when you turn the light out, they're glow in the dark, and the constellations become sex positions. <laughs> <laughs> So That's I had amazing. to buy that. Yeah. It's awesome. But he loves tucking his balls into this nice little sack. It's very comfortable. It holds it to his yeah. body. And this is like a micromodal fabric. This mm. isn't your traditional shitty, you know, rough ass cotton. This is not a potato sack for your sack. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's I, the new plug. They need to hire yeah, me. Not a potato sack they for your sack. Me, yep. God damn it. Copywriter extraordinaire. <laughs> All right? Yeah. It's not a potato sack for your sack. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're great. Uh, you want to move into a couple questions? Sure. So I'd like to end the show by having Kama answer some questions that we received leading up to the start of this show. Wee! Yeah. I like questions. With that said, I'll read the questions and let you uh, offer your amazing advice and insights to this situation. And hopefully, <laughs> we can help some no people pressure. out there. Let's see how this goes, all right? Okay. I am a 26-year-old woman who just left a seven-year relationship that turned very toxic over the last few years. I just started seeing someone over the last few months who treats me very well. But he does things that my ex never did, like going on the boring errands with me, giving me random gifts because they, quote, reminded me of him, goes mm-hmm. to the gym with me even though he's got to drive 30 minutes away, and things like that. Okay. My question is, how can I tell if he is genuine or not? Because I've dealt with someone who couldn't be bothered with the mundane aspects of my life for so long that I'm struggling trying to figure out if he is tricking me for some reason I don't know. My friend mentioned recently about this thing called love bombing, and I'm not oh, sure okay. if I'm seeing the flags that aren't there or if it's mm. some past trauma. Do mm-hmm. you have any advice for me? Love bombing is real. So I, and it's, it's, it's got, it's having a moment in the sun right now. Um, love bombing. 
I've been the victim of that too, is an intense, amorous, like pressure, um, love bombing. I love you so much. I can't live without you. And then checking in on you 72 times a day, giving you presents. Um, you're never going to know at the start if it's love bombing or how, or if that's someone's genuine expression. Typically love bombing is just over the top and too much and you really get uncomfortable with it pretty quickly. Um, I've, I've even seen like the most hesitant people or the most, the least hesitant people be thrown off by love bombers because it's intense when it's coming at you. It really is a bomb. And for the rest of it, you're only going to know in time. Relationships, people go into them so often thinking like, oh, I have to like, this relationship is a checklist. Is it going to lead to marriage? Is it, are they going to tick all the boxes and do all the right things and be my person, my soulmate? Uh, they actually don't run like that. Every relationship fails until one doesn't. That's Dan Savage's wisdom. I can't claim that. But he's right. There are no predictors or anything in a relationship that can that can predict its success. There's just nothing that you can say. It's going to work or it's not. And sometimes it's entirely random. The relationships that you would never think would work on paper can be the most successful. The ones that every, like, oh, they're high school sweethearts and they were just made for each other. They're soulmates. They hate each other and they're keeping up appearances. Um, so dating is, when you're dating someone, it should be about not this checklist, but instead an unfolding of yourself and a learning of yourself in relation to the other person. Because at the end of the day, you want your relationship to be with somebody who amplifies your best self and supports and encourages you at your best while taking you at your worst. Like my husband and I, we do, we are very unconventional. He's 31. I'm 45. I'm a New Yorker. He's from California. He's a jock. I'm a freak. We would have never worked on paper. We had one unifying factor, which was World of Warcraft. We're big old nerds. And our relationship is five years strong. We've been married now for two. Um, and we are as happy as we've ever been. And every year, granted, it's, you know, it's not a, a decades long relationship. But again, that's working on the premise that a relationship has to be something. All our relationship has to do is make us feel loved and supported and be with each other. That's all a relationship has to be. And at the end of the day, our mission and our relationship is to be our best selves for each other and with each other and to grow in the ways that we want to grow. If at some point this stops being what our relationship is, then we reframe the relationship. It might mean something that a relationship takes a different form. It might mean it ends, but it doesn't mean that it's not successful. A successful relationship can be one that ends. It doesn't have to be forever and ever. Amen. Just like to add into that, I mean, mm -hmm. stop me if I'm wrong, but trust mm. your instinct. If it's yes. feeling good in the moment, don't worry about it. If it starts right. feeling weird, then start thinking about the why, right? That's the right. whole point. Like you were saying, the relationship's going to have a cycle. It's going to have its peaks and valleys. They all do. Right now, you mm -hmm. might be peaking. You're both giddy for each other, and it's new right. and fun. But if all those, if pheromones. The, those little things stop, it doesn't mean he there's the relationships over don't don't nope, set that as nope. the expectation don't Correct. set that as anything else then right now this is what's happening and we're both happy with it nre do you know what that means Stephen? no NRE? i don't nre no okay this is a polyamory term so polyamory is um a relationship model where there is not just one person 
dating one other person. It's an open relationship, but NRE stands for new relationship energy. It is that bloom of first love. It doesn't last. It never lasts. So getting back to what I was saying about NRE for a moment, that new relationship energy is going to fade and that's okay. It's part of the new relationship. Um, as your relationship matures, just keep in mind, do these gestures that your new partner is making, do they feel genuine or they do they feel disingenuous? Do they hit wrong? Does something feel weird? Does it seem like it's just to impress you? I mean, we're always on our best behavior in the beginning of a relationship, but a pattern will start to emerge. And as long as things are seeming to resonate with you and feel okay and you're not feeling like these gestures are disrespecting your boundaries or too much uh, then you know kind of take it for what it's worth and if it's love bombing it'll be pretty obvious because that'll flame out much faster than new relationship energy usually does and it will feel uncomfortable it will not feel good so pay attention to your boundaries Pay attention to what feels right, and that's gonna that's gonna tell you a lot. Your own gut is wiser than you know. It's okay to listen to your gut in times like this. Well, thank you for helping that one, comma. So let's move into the last question of the episode. I am a man in a ten month relationship with a new woman after coming out of a semi long term relationship. Everything is going well, and currently we both live our lives separately, but try to get together once a week for dinner and pretty much spend the weekends at each other's apartments. My problem is, although the sex we are having is great, it's rather vanilla. Among some other kinks, I am really into piss play and receiving golden showers. This was something I really enjoyed doing with my ex, who ironically turned me on to it. I'm afraid to ask my new girl about it out of fear of being seen as disgusting, or even worse, her feeling like I am comparing her to my ex. How can I bring this up to her and some of my other kinks without making her run for the hills? Good question. So the first thing that I really like about this is the, the person has really clear idea of what they like about this kink. They've experienced it before. And now the real question here, it's not, this is not a question of how do I like, get right with my kink? They've, they've gotten, they've gotten the first part, which is sexual agency out of the way. I'm really proud of that. The second part of that is integrating it into the current relationship. He doesn't have to bring up the ex-girlfriend and the the or he don't doesn't have to bring up his kink origin story that can come later rolling out a kink however especially one that involves a bodily fluid does in fact take risk and without great risk can come no great reward so if he wants it he's gonna have to ask for it but the key the turning point is in how he rolls it out and I am going to hearken back to one of my gurus, Dan Savage, who taught a generation of us how to come out of the closet. And now we can apply that knowledge to kinks. You come out of the closet and you integrate your kinks by speaking about it clearly and very honestly. And don't be ashamed of it. If I came to you and said, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I want you to be on me and I hate it. You're not going to want to do it. And if I say, hey, so I need to tell you something about me. I want to share this with you. It's something that I really like in the bedroom. Um, 
It's been part of my life previously and I found that I enjoy it and it's something that I want to do with you. I want this to be something for us. Bring in the we. Emphasize that this is not a solo venture. Emphasize that you want to share and this is not me putting anything on you. You say, if you don't like it, we try it. It doesn't work for us. And that's information about your relationship and your partner. Bring this to your partner with as much clarity and lack of judgment about yourself as humanly possible. And that is the healthiest and safest way to bring up any kink or any fetish or any even your favorite food. Have no fear and have no shame about it. Speak your needs and you've done the hard work of figuring out what you like. And, you know, and sometimes a kink like that, you're not going to get 100 percent, you know, people you're not going to get 100% of people to to dig it. And that's the truth. That's true with even vanilla things. Not 100% of people are going to like everything. Not everyone likes apples and oranges. Sometimes sometimes people need grapes and pears. Again, just speaking your needs without shame. Roll it out with confidence. Have confidence in your kink, whatever it is, because you know what? Urine play has been around a long time and it has a huge precedent and it has many, many, many fans and you will have many, many, many people who you can interact with that'll be interested in it. And if this is a no from your current partner, that's information, but it's not necessarily, you know, and again, you have to decide too how much of this, how much of it is important. If this is your fetish and you can't exist in a sexual realm without it and your partner hates it and will never like if they give you so much resistance and they and it's always a no then that person probably isn't going to be compatible for you in the long term because then you're just consigning yourself to cauterizing your kink for the rest of your life and you know what 99% of my world is people in that situation. And this is what I want the next generation to not do going forward. Speak your needs now. Start today. <laughs> a little long-winded, but... One word. <laughs> One word. Yes. Communicate. Yes. Yes. It's that simple. Ask her. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. You have the agency. You know what you want. I'm sure there's stuff on her side of the equation that might surprise mm-hmm. you. Have the conversation. Make it fun. Make it flirty. You don't have to have a serious tone in this. Right. Just like there's ways you could like start her. in the shower. Like don't ask her to open up and drink it. Say, hey, can I like pee in front of you in the shower? It really turns me on. Like it feels kind of naughty. The water's the pee's going to go down the drain. People pee in the shower on a regular basis. Who cares? You know, it's it's something that just happens. So that's a good way to roll it out too. It's like start start something and then work up. Like if you come out with rubber sheets and a wine glass, uh, it's not gonna probably launch very well. I mean, if she does, she loves it. She grabs the rubber rubber sheets and glass. Yes, love her. Yeah, that's the Woo! other side of it. That maybe she, maybe this is her favorite thing in the world, and she's afraid to ask you. Exactly. You never and know until permission. you ask the question. Yes. So you never know. Life's like a box of chocolates, but. Keto kink sex is like a box of ch- again with the chocolate me and chocolate <laughs> that's that's definitely how we're gonna close this i will admit i have a chocolate fetish it needs to be dark chocolate <laughs> so it's a fetish not a kink there you go see how we come full circle yes. here with that thank you comma for the advice and thank you all for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review on wherever you're listening to us. 
To catch up with all the latest from Kama and I, you could go to our website, www.theothersideofsex.com, which will be the hub for everything going on in our worlds. There you can leave us a message with questions, feedback, suggestions, or anything else, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we promise to keep your identity secret, so give us all those juicy details. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Till then, stay beautiful, stay authentic, and remember to take agency in everything you do.